GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I'm joined by Hovercraft Joe. Uh, Joe, I'm going to need you to stop calling me and asking me to wake you up inside. It's creepy. I don't like it. Fair enough, but I'm not going to stop calling you my immortal. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are continuing uh, Marvel before the MCU month, and we are covering uh, 2003's Daredevil, uh, the only movie I think in existence where if you were like, hey, I like the Evanescence song from that movie, you have to specify which one. <laughs> <laughs> we're only playing one today, folks. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, uh, this movie uh, comes out on February 14th, Valentine's Day 2003, and I will tell you my history with this movie. I remember seeing it in theaters. I was still a student uh, at Central Michigan University at the time, uh, and I didn't go to movies that often uh, when I was up there because I was poor, um, but I do remember going to see Daredevil on opening night at the movie theaters up there uh, on Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, and I, I've seen it many, many times since. I own uh, two DVD copies, a, uh, a regular copy and a director's cut. <laughs> I also own a director's cut on Blu-ray of this movie, and I watched it streaming on HBO Max. What about you? Wow, I can't follow that. <clears throat> um, I definitely saw this in the theaters. I'm fairly certain I went with our friend Adam to go see it. It was not on opening day. Uh, we did not spend Valentine's Day seeing this movie together. Um, and I do own it on DVD, and I've watched it maybe two other times since then, beyond today's, you know, for watching for the, sh- for the show today. Uh, yeah, and I've never seen the director's cut. I remember you telling me about it, but I've never actually seen it. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it. Yeah. I, I, I've definitely seen the theatrical version more, way more than the right. director's. Which but is I've what watched we're covering it. here today, the theatrical version. That's true. I have watched the director's cut a couple of times. Uh, okay. Uh, this movie has a budget of $78 million, which did you see uh, that they basically, like, originally the budget was, like, $20 million less and that less and then, like, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man came out was like a huge hit. So they bumped up the budget of this movie. Yeah, actually. And you know, and that echoes kind of what we talked about last week with the Punisher and, and the Batman movie coming out. Um, like this movie was in production at the same time. Spider-Man was, uh, Spider-Man obviously came out the year before. Um, and then, or or maybe, maybe this was in production right after Spider-Man released. But while this was being planned, while they were filming this, Spider-Man became a huge hit. And they're like, oh, then they jacked the budget up on this thing a little bit more, gave it some more whatever it is they gave it with the extra money and, um, you know, and then released it. So like 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 last week, we were talking about how the Punisher would have benefited waiting a year to come out until after Batman 
so they could see what the potential was for superhero movies. And then, you know, maybe the Punisher would have been the next big giant uh, superhero movie. Yeah, I, I think this maybe is a case of the opposite where they put more money in it, but they also maybe made a bunch of changes like right before it was released. And, and, and yeah, uh, there, there's obviously a lot of thoughts about this movie. So anyways, back to it. The budget, $78 million. It has a domestic gross of $102 million and a worldwide of $179 million. So it makes money, but it's not a runaway success by right. by any means. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes on this is 43%, pretty respectable for this movie and definitely higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 has. Yep. Uh, and, and its audience score is 35%. Uh, so probably about right. Top grossing movies of 2003. Uh, number one is The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Number two is Finding Nemo. And number three is a movie that we've covered on this podcast, one of uh, Jody's favorites, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay. Um, this movie, Daredevil, came in 27th in the domestic box office. And as a sign, again, this is one of those years where it's like 2003. I'm like, we probably haven't covered that many movies in 2003. But perhaps a sign that we've been doing the podcast too long? Question mark? We have done a lot of movies in 2003. Yes. So I mentioned already number three, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. We have also done number four, The Matrix Reloaded. Number six, X2, X-Men United. Number 11, Bad Boys 2. Number 15, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number 35, Freddy vs. Jason. Number 63, The Rundown. And number 82, Cradle to the Grave. <laughs> wow. That is surprising. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we've so, been doing this too long, <laughs> but not long enough. We still got to get to two seventy. Man, it's becoming a. It's like a, it's our Mount Everest. It is kind of our Mount Everest. <laughs> uh, okay, so this movie stars Ben Affleck as Daredevil, Jennifer Garner as Elektra, Colin Farrell as Bullseye, uh, R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan as Wilson Fisk. John Favreau plays Foggy Nelson. Uh, Joey Pants is in it as Ben Urich. Um, who else do you want to mention? Oh, Kevin Smith has a cameo in it as a corner. Uh, David Keith is in it. He's Jack Burdock. Uh, Leela Norser. Jack, Jack Burdock? Jack Murdock. Oh, sound like he said it weird. No. Uh, uh, Leela Norser's in it as Wesley Owen Welsh. Um, who else is in here? Uh, Ellen Pompeo is in here as Karen Page. Oh, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Eric Avari, who is uh, he's showed up in a lot of our movies. Believe it or not, he was in like we didn't do we didn't cover Stargate, but he's in Stargate. He's been in several a few other movies that we've done. I he's uh, now movie. I may I might be right. He's in the Mummy, and the I believe mummy, he's the I believe he's the guy that I believe he's the guy in the Mummy that's like you must not read from the book. Yes. Yes. Yep. And he's Love in his Independence Day. Yeah, he shows up kind of all over the place. He's always he's in a bunch of different movies. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, after that, let's we talked about the cast. Now let's roll into some net worths. Uh, first up, we have Kevin Smith. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Clerks the Animated Series money. What do you think wow. for Kevin Smith? Clerks the Animated Series money. He's got that sweet, sweet catch and release money. Take that. You know Take what's funny? That. 
You know what's funny? I wanted to go with that, but I couldn't get the name right. Uh-huh. So kudos, kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of Timothy Oliphant's best movies. Um, <clears throat> catch and release money. I'm going to go, I'll go $200 million. Jesus, $25 million. What? <laughs> that guy produces so much stuff and he's constantly yeah. working. And he's only got $25 million. Mm-hmm. According to the internet. Uh, next up, Joey Pants. He's got that sweet, sweet The Goonies money. What do you think for Joey Pants? Joey Pants has that sweet, sweet bound money. <laughs> <laughs> Real weird deep cut. Uh, I'll go, ooh, I'm going to go $3 million. $3 million. Uh, $8 million. Okay. Way, to, way to low ball Joey Pants. Joey, Joey Pants uh, has had a rough time the past few years, so I thought maybe he'd burn through some of that money. Next up, John Favreau. He's got that sweet, sweet four Christmases money. What do you think for John Favreau? Johnny Favs. He's got that sweet, sweet chef money. Um, oh, good movie. Good movie. Really good movie. I'll go. God, that guy. I guarantee you, he's made a boatload of money the past five years. Um, I'll go a hundred million for him. Two hundred million dollars <laughs> for Johnny Favs. Even more money than I anticipated. Yeah, uh, he's doing well. Uh, Next up, Colin Farrell. He's got that sweet, sweet The Batman money and soon to be the spinoff series that's going to exist for some reason at HBO Max about the Penguin. Uh, What do you think for Colin Farrell? He's got that sweet, sweet SWAT money. Uh, I'm going to go $25 million. $80 million. You're low-balling everybody. I'm impressed. I didn't think Colin Farrell had that much money. Good for him. Uh, next up, Jennifer Garner. She's got that sweet, sweet 13 going on 30 money. What do you think for Jennifer Garner? I don't have anything really obscure for her. Uh, Jennifer Garner. She's got that. Oh, she's got that sweet, sweet Capital One commercial money. Uh, I'm going to go. I'll go. Oh, she got half of Ben Affleck's money. So I'll go $50 million. $80 million for Jennifer she got, Garner. She got maybe more than half of Ben Affleck's money. And then finally, Ben Affleck. He's got that sweet, sweet changing lanes, better luck next time money. What do you think for Ben Affleck? Wow. Ben Affleck has that sweet, sweet school ties money. (laughs) Deep cut. Deep, deep cut. Uh, I'll go $200 million. $150 million for... Old Benny Affleck. So Old there you go. Benny Affs. <laughs> Benny Affs. Uh, this movie is directed by Mark Steven Johnson, um, who also has directed other stuff. <laughs> Question mark? Take that, <laughs> listeners. I don't know. Uh, I always feel like that, like, um, knowing what the directors and writers do is your responsibility. He, he, direct, he directed Ghost Rider. Oh, the original one? Yeah. And, okay, oh, that's cool. and your favorite movie, Simon Birch. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, but um, one time, <laughs> this is neither here nor there. I've never seen Simon Birch. Uh, one time I was at the movies with uh, a bunch of past podcast guests with uh, the Tush and Jody and JB and Corndog. And like right before the movie's about to start, JB has this like random thought. He goes, Hey, remember Simon Birch when he kills that lady with a foul ball? And I didn't know because I never seen the movie. But yeah, apparently in that movie, he's like playing baseball. He hits a foul ball. It goes in the crowd and kills the lady. So, you know, it sounds like an action movie to me. 
I don't, I'm going to be absent the day we do Simon Birch. Um, okay. Anyway, so anything else about uh, Mark Stephen Johnson? No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and then oh, this he also movie. Wrote it. Yes, it's written by him as well. So there's that. Um, and, and don't worry, we promised you an Evanescence song, and you are about to play one, right? Sure am. So this is the Evanescence song. I would imagine most people associate with this movie just due to the video and the fact that it was on all the time on MTV. It is Wake Me Up Inside. Here we go. We did it. Joe's still listening. Apparently. I, I, t- I turned it off. I was into it. I can't help it. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So that, I will say this, the, the, the soundtrack for this. It's uh, terrible. It's not very good, but it like sold a lot. Like it's, it was a, the soundtrack itself was a big hit. I would say, you know, a, a lot had to do with this song and the other song, bring me to life. Um, no, my immortal is the other. Or my song. immortal, I'm sorry, is the other one. Uh, you know, and and there's a bunch of other. The soundtrack is very of its time. It, it is very, very of its time. Very, very early 2000s. It really is because it had like who did it have on there? Uh, I'm pulling it up now. That's uh, the wrong one. It had fuel, uh, finger eleven, seether. You know, bands like that on here. Um, yeah yeah it was very much of its time but it did sell well and people loved it i was not one of them (laughs) um yeah uh okay you want to talk about some uh taglines for this movie sure okay uh okay uh first one is a guardian devil all right next one he is the man without fear Okay. Yep, that's pretty much his tagline of, yep. Next one. Take the dare. (laughs) Take the dare? Take the dare. All right. Next one. When justice is blind, it knows no fear. Okay. Next one. When the streets have gone to hell, have faith in the devil. All right. Next one. There's a lot. Next one. Justice is blind. So is he. (laughs) That was terrible. 
Next one. A man without hope is a man without dot, 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 fear. And then the last one is apparently just for the director's cut and says, a daring new vision. <laughs> so. All right. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, some of those are fine. Some of them are not great. Some of them are just essentially like the description that the comic book gave him. Gave him. <laughs> well, he is the man without fear. Yeah. Um, is there anything specifically you want to talk about about this movie before we start going through the plot? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like this movie had been kicked around for a while, this particular character. Um, Daredevil is one of those characters that is kind of ripe for some kind of film and TV adaptation. Um, and originally Fox had the rights for it, and Chris Columbus was set to direct the adaptation. I don't know if he wrote it too, um, but he had some adaptation and then it sort of like fell through because they couldn't come to a right, come to an agreement over the, 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 the digital rights, which is crazy to think in 2003 or prior. Actually that was in uh, the late nineties. So 97, 98, they couldn't come to an agreement over digital rights, which isn't something I, th- I would think they would think about then because that wasn't really, Kind yeah, of there. Yeah, you wouldn't think that it was. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah, um, but I, you know, that's reportedly why Chris Columbus dropped out. Um, and then at one point, and then then at, also at that time, Marvel was in the middle of bankruptcy, so yeah. they uh, eventually Fox was just like, "Yeah, we'll let this adaptation go. We're cool. We don't want to make the movie." And then um, Columbia Pictures bought it. And then Fox again got, or then uh, Columbia decided to distribute the project, I think, or Fox, or no, uh, uh, New Line distributed it. Um, yeah, and Kevin Feige was involved in this one. This is one of the first, one of the early movies that Kevin Feige was involved in. This is where he met, um, where he met uh, John Favreau, and where they started talking about Iron Man. Oh wow! This is kind of where the whole genesis of the MCU started was in the conversations that the two of them had. Um, and that's sort of what kicked things off. Do, do you remember, though, that this is not the first uh, media representation of Daredevil? Do you it remember that? Not. He also appears in, um, is it one of the Hulk movies or is it a Spider-Man TV show? The, the Trial of the Incredible the Hulk, the Incredible TV Hulk. Hulk movie. Yeah, where he's, he's, he is, uh, he's in that movie. Yep. Uh, and uh, John Ray's Davies plays the kingpin in that. That's uh, right. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Um, anything else or can we get into Daredevil? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. So this movie starts with Daredevil, that uh, classic shot from taken directly from the cover of a Kevin Smith written Daredevil where he's like clinging to the top of the church. Yeah, that is one thing I will say throughout this entire movie, um, regardless of my feelings about it, which we'll talk about sooner rather than later, I'm sure uh, they do a great job of lifting iconic images from the daredevil comics and and putting them on the screen um which there are daredevil is one of those comics that has a lot of really iconic imagery to it and sort of its own uh language as far as visually goes and they Mm -hmm. do a good job of capturing a lot of that uh, in individual scenes where daredevil is being portrayed Right. Uh, so this movie does a really weird thing where it kind of starts at the end of the movie and then 
goes back to the beginning and I'm not really sure why it doesn't seem like it's necessary, but it's like we get him and then it goes back and he kind of tells his origin story. Um, one of the first things we see is that Tony Soprano's kid beats him up when he was a kid and he gets picked on. His dad was like a former boxer. Uh, they call him Jack the Devil Murdoch. I think in the comics he's battling Jack Murdoch, yeah. but I guess, they, I guess they had to drive home like the devil thing for the movies. Um, and his dad's kind of like, oh, I don't want you fighting, you know, blah, blah, blah. And th- his dad's also like, hey, I don't work for Fallon anymore. And Fallon's like a big crime boss. Okay. Right. So then uh, he is... He he sees his dad like roughing some dude up because he actually is working for Fallon. Right. And then he then he runs. He he runs through there at like, I don't know, like a dockyard or something, and he runs uh and he and he kind of like gets in the way of a forklift and the forklift swears swears swerves. Yes, that's the word. And hits like uh, barrels of toxic waste out of there for some reason, and they splash in his eyes. And that's when he goes blind. He gets his charitable powers, which is kind of wild. If you think about it, I believe in the in the comic book origin, he gets it. He's like saving an old man from like getting hit by a truck. Yes. And then gets splashed with the chemicals. Yeah, the truck like tips over and crashes, and then the, the they, it's carrying toxic waste that sprays his eyes. But it's it's just kind of weird that um, they changed it like so much for this. Like it seems weird that it's like a. I don't know. Like, it just seems like a weird change. Uh, I think it. Um, I, I think the reason behind it is they wanted to connect, like, his sort of resentment for his dad and his dad's guilt over the accident with him being a criminal and why he pushed Matt so hard to not be in that life and to get an education and to, you know not go down the path that he did. It gave him more of a, more of a, a reason to do that. All right. Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, so uh, he wakes up in the hospital. He, he immediately, <laughs> immediately has his radar sense, which, okay, I guess maybe he has it and he freaks out, but then he, he seems to kind of like, and I understand it's a movie and they have to speed along, but he seems to learn how to control his radar sense, like really quickly. Like he like masters it, like almost immediately. Yeah, he's yeah, he kind of figures it out fast. Because like and I think I don't know, for all its faults, I think this movie does a pretty decent job kind of like visualizing what oh, totally having the radar sense. I mean, other than the the whole thing about like the rain and stuff, that's stupid. Right. Um but but like actually visualizing the radar sense, I think it does a pretty good job of, you know, what seemingly would look like. I mean, obviously no one really sees well, you know, like I guess a bat, but I mean like People don't see like that, but I think it does a good job of showing you what it would be like. Yeah, I agree. I, they do a great job visualizing that particular power. Yes. So um, he, <laughs> my, my note, I wrote a note. And sometimes I laugh at my own notes. I'm a funny guy. I said, his dad gets back into boxing. He gets good at being blind. Because <laughs> there's like a montage <laughs> yes. of his dad getting back into boxing and he's like learning to be blind he like we got our stan lee cameo where he stopped stan lee, stan lee from like walking out and getting hit by a bus or something yeah basically the origin story he stops him and then like then he then we get the tony soprano's kid shows back up and this time he beats him up and i get that like whatever he has the radar sense but i don't understand why he's able to do like standing backflips now because he has the radar sense yeah. it's really kind of confusing where it's like because well, because in the in the comics um, he doesn't learn all that stuff until his dad dies and he gets trained by stick. 
Well, yeah, in the modern retelling of his origin, like Frank Miller in the, Frank Miller, yes, in the original run, he just, I don't know, just became good at shit. Uh, right, went, right. They didn't really explain it. He just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had more you were going to say. I didn't. No, Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I, I've said my piece about his origin story, and uh, you know what? I'm sticking with Frank Miller. Okay, so uh, Fallon wants uh, Jack to throw a fight. Uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to throw a fight. And he's like, well, guess what? All those fights you thought you were winning, that's because those guys were my fighters and they were throwing the fights, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't throw the fight. So after the fight, uh, Fallon has him killed. Uh, by a mysterious person that we don't know. We don't see who it is. Spoiler alert, it's the Kingpin. Uh, um, and so then we're back to Matt, grown up. He sleeps in a sensory deprivation chamber. Yep. Which, like, I kind of get from the perspective of, like, okay, you can't shit out the outside world, but that seems like a terrifying way to sleep. Yeah. But I guess, but I guess if you're blind, you don't really, you know, like, I guess if you, like, for me, it would be terrifying because I could see that I'm, like, locked in a box. But I guess if you're blind, it's like, Oh, I was just thinking like the potential for drowning. Well, that's true too. I don't know why it has to have water in there. Well, that's the that's the deprivation part. Oh, all right. Well, what do I know? I'm not, I don't have one. Um, oh, you so, want to make you one? No, I'm good. I if sleep, I, I could sleep. get my hands on one, how long do you think you could stay in it? Oh, probably not long at all. I have very, I have, I'm very. Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm very claustrophobic because, like, I could ride in an elevator and I'm fine. But yeah. like, I don't know. That that feels very claustrophobic to me so i don't know if i could uh i don't think i could do it plus like if i get some free time i'll see what i can dig up for you uh, here's what i'll say we're spending way more time on this than you thought we would um if it had like see his seemingly didn't have a window if like had a window where i could see out like maybe i could maybe i could last longer oh i guess you're right yeah you're not supposed to be able to see it's supposed to be pitch black silent and then the water is there to keep you from like feeling different things well, I'm gonna feel different things. I'm gonna be feel fucking panic when I'm looking in this dark box of water and I can't get out. Mm, I think we're gonna try this. I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's gonna be like uh, remember uh, in season four of Angel when Connor locked Angel in that like uh, box I, and I threw him over. I've never seen uh, the show. Oh damn! You should see Angel. Yeah, uh, okay. So, anyways, uh, he's a lawyer. His partner is Foggy Nelson. That's who John John Favreau plays. Uh, we see him in court in this confusing case where I can't tell if it's a criminal or a civil trial or who's on trial or what exactly is going on in this case. It's, yeah, it's not exactly uh, law and order here. It's very, very confusing. Um, so then, like, so the guy that uh, the bad guy gets gets off, gets off. He gets uh, acquitted or whatever. Uh, and so, like, uh, Daredevil decides to go after him. You know, or Matt decides to go out to Zero. We get like a suiting up montage of him like putting on the suit and him like whipping around the bully clubs, which seems kind of like really stupid. Um, what do you, what do you think? I think maybe now. Let's. I'm going to ask you this now. What do you, what do you think? Um, what are your thoughts on the 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 version of the suit that they go with in this movie? Um, it's fine. Um, it's definitely more of a modern take with the kind of black bleeding into the red on top um mm-hmm. eh, it's fine i i don't have a i don't have any a particular problem with it um i think i like charlie cox's suit better in the tv series um but uh, you know i'm fine with the suit that yeah here. I, th- I think it's uh, again you know like a lot of the stuff we're talking about this month it's before 
obviously it's before the MCU, but I think it's before they were willing, they were wanted to go with more of like a, uh, this is like a costume that someone would make, you know, like they wanted to make it more like realistic. So it's way more like leathery and, you know, like they, they it kind of like, you know, they were scared in the original X-Men movies to like, well, we can't give them the actual costume. So like, this is better than like those black X-Men suits, but I think it's also kind of like a, not fully wanting to commit to like a comic book costume right. and um but 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 maybe make it as like well if someone was de- designing their own superhero suit like how would they go about making one yeah no i agree with that and i'm gonna save that for my review okay so uh he goes to josie's bar tracks down the guy uh beats up the whole bar full of people and i get that the radar sense allows him to see bullets, but it seems like he's able to get out of the way of them, which I don't understand. Yeah, he can see him coming, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has spider sense and he can dodge out of them really fast. Right, but it seems like he can. So he tracks, uh, I, I like that they call this rapist Casada after Joe Casada, uh-huh. uh, Marvel Marvel artist and editor-in-chief for a while, and who do, who do, was the artist on the Kevin Smith run of Daredevil. Yeah. Um, which is, and, which is, is beautifully drawn, by the way. So he, there's a couple things in the scene. So I guess he kills people now because he like, he's fighting with this guy. Well, first of all, okay. First thing he's in the subway and I, okay. He seemingly is thrown off. Like, I don't know. And maybe I'm, you know, like I've read, I've read runs of daredevil and you know, it's, it's a character I enjoy, but it's like, I feel like they make it seem like in this movie that like loud noises are like, a weakness like he like i understand that maybe they throw off his radar sense and, and i don't know i just feel like maybe it's not as much of a thing in the comics like loud noises like completely debilitating him right uh, yeah because he has enhanced hearing meaning he can hear he can he can pinpoint sounds it doesn't mean that his hearing is just super amplified right it, but in this movie it's like it's like, like it's the super- tr- it's like the train comes by and he's like, oh, it's like he didn't know the train was going to come by or he's never heard it before. I don't know. But it, it comes up a couple times in the movie where it's like. Right. So then, like, this guy tries to kill him and he stops him and he knocks him off the subway platform. He lands on the rail. Sounds like he breaks his back yep. and then lets the train run over him. Yeah, he just leaves him to die. Which I kind of feel like the whole, like, Daredevil thing is like, like, you know, like he's the catholic guilt superhero and like would he really let no anyone die he wouldn't that's kind of the point like yes he he you know he's gonna get justice one way or the other that's kind of his thing but justice doesn't mean murdering people to him right so then we get to perhaps and this is saying a lot but perhaps the stupidest part of this movie so uh they're the the police are there investigating uh joey pants shows up as ben urich and he's like, oh, do you think this is Daredevil? And they're like, no, Daredevil doesn't exist. And then he's like, oh, yeah? And he takes a cigarette and he throws it on the ground on the platform and ignites a big flaming double D for Daredevil, which is a couple of questions here. One, are you telling me that Daredevil took the time to make this giant D? Nobody stepped on it to mess it up. And, and how did he know that someone was going to light it? Like, I, I just have <laughs> so many questions. And how did Joey Pants know it was there? There's so many questions about it, and it's so dumb. It makes zero sense that he would do it. It just it's it's so asinine. It, like there's it, no reason that he I would mean, do uh, it. other than that, they're like, oh yeah, it looks cool. 
like to see it, but it doesn't make any sense at all that he no. would do it. It makes almost less sense than it does. It makes less sense than when the Punisher did it, when Thomas Jane did it, the 2004 Punisher, <laughs> when he blew up all the cars in the shape of a giant skull. Oh yeah, that's a great, great scene. And John John Travolta's getting dragged uh, behind the car. Yeah, it's uh, great. Uh, then okay. So, okay, then he goes home and you see that he's all beat up and he just like seemingly takes handfuls of pills. Like, um, also, I cannot I cannot watch when he pulls that tooth out. Like, I don't like I don't like peace stuff and that I, I can't watch that when he pulls his own tooth out. Yeah, <sighs> gives me the willies. Um, okay, so he goes and talks to his priest in confession. And I guess the priest knows he's daredevil. Because uh, he's like, I don't approve of what you do because I'm a priest. And he's like, oh, I'm still going to do it because I'm daredevil. Um, <laughs> Again, spot on dialogue. I, I feel like I um, and then like another weird – him and Foggy are having coffee. And another weird use of his powers in this is that he can smell Jennifer Gardner like two minutes before she walks into the building. <laughs> I guess. Which is Which awful. I, can you imagine being able to smell people? that distinctly yeah that's very weird and i don't even if he could smell her how does because he seemingly knows by the smell he's like oh yeah this is an attractive lady but i don't i don't know how you would know from a smell well he i don't think he does know for sure i think he smells something good and he has a suspicion and that's why he's set to ask foggy what she looks like well anyway so she comes in sits down uh, they have an exchange where he's like asking for honey, and she's like, "What are you blind?" He's like, "Yeah, I am actually." And then she like gets up and leave, and I'm like, well, "Why'd she come into this place, anyways?" And then you get their dumb fight, on the <laughs> where they're on the seesaws fighting. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's, it's so it's, stupid. I hate. There's a lot of things I hate in this movie. Yeah, that is up there that is one of my top things that i hate about this movie is that stupid fight and why they would have why she would attack him that way why he would fight back why they wouldn't both just stop halfway through and say oh weird you are a really good fighter oh you're a really good fighter too this is really strange and and nobody around seems to nobody around them seems to have any issue with it there's a bunch of kids playing in the playground they're almost cheering them on, to be honest yeah. with you. They're they're into it. So it, it's the the worst scene in a not very good movie. Well, maybe it's not the worst. I don't know. I don't want to know if I want to make that claim. Um, okay. Uh, we're introduced to Michael Clark Duncan playing Wilson Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin. Uh, I really actually like Michael Clark Duncan in this movie. Um, yes, yeah, he's fine. I, I like Vincent D'Onofrio better, but Michael Clark Duncan's oh, fine. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so uh, Electra's dad. Uh, wants to get out of like the illegal business and the kingpin's like all right fine but he decides he's gonna make it look like Elector's dad is the kingpin and he's gonna hire well, uh I, I think i think uh you know what fuck it it doesn't matter keep going i was gonna say <laughs> nicholas Nach- i'm giving this movie too much credit i think nicholas nachio's got in over his head, didn't realize what was going on until that moment. And at that moment, he's like, I need to get out of this. And Wilson Fisk is like, "Mm, no, in for a penny, in for a pound, asshole. And then that's about it. Okay. Well, he decides he's going to make it look like Electric Ted is the kingpin because like the cops and the press are looking for a kingpin. Uh, So he hires Bullseye uh, to uh, kill him. 
introduced to Bullseye, very super Irish in this. He's like in an Irish pub playing darts, listening to um, House of Pain. Pain. Uh, And then he kills a dude with a bunch of paper clips. Um, And I'd say, like, I know this is a dumb joke, but I I laugh when he's talking to Foggy and he gets like the invite to the. to the gala or whatever, or or no, maybe it's before he gets that. But when he when he when he says that her name is Electra Nachos, and he's like, oh, it sounds like a Mexican appetizer. Yeah, that was kind of funny. It makes me laugh. Uh, and then like it's like we get the bullseye's a bad guy, but then we have to watch him kill an old lady on a plane with a peanut. Um, yeah, what, while listening to uh, while listening to uh, Boys That's Fire. It kind of it kind of reminded me though of how she was like. How that it's like, oh, she's sleeping. It kind of reminded me of "Don't wake my friend." He's, oh, he's dead, dead tired. I was thinking the same thing, and then wishing <laughs> I was watching Commando. <laughs> and then <laughs> Daredevil, uh, he <laughs> he hears like a dude getting beat up by one of the Kingpin's men, and I feel like uh, he really wants that guy to get the shit kicked out of him before he steps in. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. just it's like, yeah, uh, he might have this. And then he, so then he. Chases down the kingpin's guy, beats the shit out of him, and he's like, "This ain't your town anymore. It's the kingpin." And he beats him up some more. And there's a little kid there crying, and he's scared. He's like, "I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy." But anyways, uh, okay, uh, yeah. And I did forget <laughs> you talk about Ella Pompeo. My note says, "Oh, I forgot that Grey's Anatomy is in this movie." Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so uh, Daredevil gets invited to keep in mind she is barely in this she is oh, yeah. in this, that is your only scene i believe it's true and i think she has like one maybe two lines of dialogue yeah so uh matt murdoch daredevil gets invited to this like a uh, hotel gala by electra uh and it, 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 you you notice in this very bad how like all the all the shots on streets they look so i mean i know they are but they look so bad like back lots you know in this this movie oh, i'll talk about it now the coloring and lighting and set decoration and just the overall look of the sets and the composition of the scenes are so bad. Like everything's a weird, like purpley color most of the time and it's very dark and it just doesn't even look good. It looks like, it looks like shitty CGI backgrounds and I don't think there is any actual CGI backgrounds in this. Like it's that bad. And it's, Oh God, it's just so bad. Like it, it looks like it looks like they filmed it on like the street scenes that they use for like friends or something. Yeah. Oh, and, and like every other shot is a Dutch angle. Like why? Why why? Why does why can't why can't you just hold the camera level and take a shot of him walking down the alleyway? Why does it have to be on a weird angle up in the corner of like a building with everything purpled out like Prince designed the shot. You know, it's, it's so stupid. Take a breath, LPJ. Take a yeah, breath. I hate this movie. Keep going. Okay. So um, then they they kind of like Matt and, and, and Electra talk some more. And that's when they're introduced to the weird rain vision because he's like, I have radar sense. But when it rains, I basically see like people like they're in the Matrix. Like I can see them clearly. <laughs> um, so that's that. Then her and uh, Electra and Daredevil go to the Bone Zone, which was like a last-minute scene. I guess they threw it threw in. That was one of the things they added. Um, uh, Matt and Foggy go to the the gala. Are we calling it a gala or a ball? Doesn't matter. It doesn't it does, matter. It doesn't matter. They talked to they talked to Wilson Fist. Wilson Fist there. Uh, Electra shows up. She's in a dress at the top of the stairs. And I I like it funny that he's like, well, I'm gonna uh, 
I'm gonna walk up um to this I'm gonna walk up there and meet her and while he's walking up there's all these like different things <laughs> committing smells there's like a guy smoking cigarette blow it in his face there's a lady with a perfume thing spraying yeah like just random it's so stupid it's so stupid keep going i'm sorry so so they dance and like they're they've known each other like two days but they're like apparently head over heels in love at this point um uh, Electra and her dad leave the party really quickly because basically kingpin's like hey i'm gonna kill you because the signature for killing people is a rose um and then <laughs> bullseye shows up <laughs> on a motorcycle yep to chase him down and then he stands up on the motorcycle Why? and it still drives uh it's not how motorcycles really work usually <laughs> if you're not holding the handlebars at all M- my note says bullseye on this motorcycle is too much and too dumb <laughs> Yeah. It, like, by the way, if by the motorcycle, if we haven't mentioned, Colin Farrell is chewing the scenery like it's an all-you-can-eat like pizza buffet or something in this movie. Oh yeah, He's it's re- like it's like he watched every Al Pacino movie he could get his hands on first, and then started filming scenes for this. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's 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 bad. So, um. Okay, so then, like, Daredevil tries to stop him, uh, or knocks him off the motorcycle, uh, and then he picks up his 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 Billy Club. Billy Club? Sure. Bully Club? Billy, Whatever. It's Billy Club. Billy Club, and uses it to kill Electra's dad. And she sees this, but I don't... It's very confusing to me, because I feel like, how would she not have seen Bullseye, like, on the motorcycle, throwing ninja stars? Because she, like, thinks it's Daredevil that killed her dad. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense because, like, wh- why? Why would Daredevil kill her dad, first of all? Right. Um, where did the ninja stars come from? Uh, you, you know, there's there's a lot of questions here. Like, how did the car flip? Yeah, and it's like she clearly – well, the car doesn't flip. I think it just crashes into a newspaper van because oh, there's news. Right. Um, but, like, it, she seemingly, from her vantage point, would have been able to see Bullseye standing there. And hear him, anyways. It, it doesn't yeah, make sense. Or heard the motorcycle but, or anything. Right. It doesn't make sense, but she thinks that Daredevil killed uh, her dad. So she tries to shoot him. Uh, he goes home, uh, Daredevil, and he's really mad about it. And he throws like a hissy fit where he's knocking all his Daredevil gear around. Um, we cut to uh, her dad's funeral uh, where we hear My Immortal. <laughs> um, and she kind of dumps him because she's like, I got to go after her. Like, I'm full of revenge and like to, to drive the point home that like, She's dumping him like it starts to rain, and she puts up the umbrella so he can't he can't see her. Um, so stupid! Oh, I hate this movie. Keep going. Then uh, er, Ben Urick goes to uh, the morgue. That's where you get the Kevin Smith cameo as uh, the coroner. Kevin uh, Smith and he, chewing gum very obnoxiously. Yes, which I and think that's was wh- the point, but still, that's where he puts together or Urick puts together that. Um, uh, Murdoch is Daredevil because, like, the, he he shows him that basically the the club turns into a cane, right. and, and he had noticed the cane earlier. It's not really important for the movie. Yeah. Um, then uh, Bullseye meets with the Kingpin, and he's like, he was he's really mad that Daredevil made a miss, so he wants to kill Daredevil now. He's going to do it for free. Uh, then I have a note in all capital letters that just says "Wake me up inside" because we get our second Evanescent song, where uh, this, uh, this montage of her training is so stupid. 
I hate it. I <laughs> how would you describe this. it? How would I describe? I would describe it as she has set sandbags up to hang from her ceiling, and uh, I don't know who's controlling them dropping because it couldn't possibly be her. Uh, and she's just stabbing them with size. Like, this is going to help her train to kill all these people, stabbing sandbags that drop out of the sky. Well, don't forget she has uh, the, the daredevil, the, like the devil face painted on one, and she throws the sigh yes. and, and stabs it, uh, all while uh, it Wake Me Up Inside's playing. Um, okay, so then uh, Daredevil and Electra fight. Uh, she finds out that he's the Daredevil's Matt, he yeah he lets her stab him. Yes, and, and, then, and they and she finds out that uh, that he's Matt, and, and then she believes him that it wasn't him that killed her dad, and that Bullseye shows up to to kill Electra because, as they said, the Kingpin doesn't just kill you; he kills your whole family. And did you notice? You had to notice. Wow, excuse me. That like. There's a weird thing with Bull- Bullseye's wearing like a big, huge, long coat, and every time he like moves or moves the coat, they they play like a there's like a, a subtle like rattle, maybe not subtle, but like a yeah. rattlesnake sound. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, I was reading that they all have their own sound. So like he's got that rattlesnake sound. Wilson Fisk has like a bass, like a, a bass tremor. Okay, that happens. Uh, Matt's is what was his? I was reading it. Uh, I can't remember what his is. And then Electra's got one too. I don't remember exactly what they are, but mm-hmm. they all have their own like signature sound that they use whenever they move. Gotcha. Well, his is a dumb rattlesnake when he is seemingly every time he moves his coat. Uh, so anyways, um, uh, so Bullseye kills Electra, uh, stabs her. Uh, much in the same way when he kills her in the comics, but they yeah. can't, it's not as graphic. I think the director's cut version is more uh, graphic and they actually, you know, because you know, decapitated. He's the, well, he walks the, around the, the weird thing about the director's, and... the weird thing about the director's cut version of this movie, there's a lot of weird things, uh, is that it's this version is PG 13, but the director's cut is rated R. Um, anyways, so then the movie finally catches. Oh, were you going to say something? Yeah, actually, the director's cut was the original version they were going to release. Oh. Uh, and then they um, wanted to, they couldn't get, it, it, it was harder for them to get the PG-13 rating. So then they decided, okay, well, we'll just definitely make it PG-13, cut out all that stuff, that entire subplot with like Coolio and stuff. And then that's, that's when they added the scenes, the confession scenes and the scene. Uh, the bone scene, the bone zone. Yes, and that scene, yep. Um, okay, so movie finally catches up to where it started, seemingly like eight hours ago. Um, Daredevil and Bullseye fight in the church. <laughs> There's a lot of dumb things. They fight on this organ, which is so dumb. And, <laughs> excuse me. And that's like one of the things where like Bullseye notices like, oh man, like sound is his arch, his base kryptonite. So he starts like banging on the organ and stuff. And then perhaps the stupidest thing to me though is when he like... <laughs> He f- swings up in this doorway and breaks this like stained glass window, and then he like catches. A piece he of catches the flat like the glass doesn't just shatter; it shatters into large, hand-sized chunks, and he's able to just catch them like pancakes. Right, he catches them like on each hand, and then he like throws them like perfectly, and and Daredevil does backflips. Yeah. Um, and, and just when you think that he's gonna stab him, uh, Daredevil can tell that the um. Whatchamacallit, that the SWAT team is about to fire. So he like lifts 
bullseye's hands up and he gets shot through the hand very stigmata thing where he's like my hands and then he throws him out the window <laughs> killing another person but he falls all the way out this church lands on ben york's car and is not dead no still alive interestingly so uh it, during the fight is when he finds out um from bullseye talking that he was hired by the kingpin and that the kingpin's fisk and that uh he's like oh the rose leaving the roses isn't my thing that's the kingpin thing and then matt's like oh then he realizes because there was a rose at his dad's his dad's dead body that it was the kingpin that killed his dad so he goes to uh the, the kingpin's uh 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 uh, uh hotel office office Whatever. and they have a they have a fight it's it's a pretty cool fight actually because like yeah. um uh, he's getting his ass kicked, but then like the magical water again. Kingpin's office luckily has all these like glass enclosures with water running through it, so he breaks open all these water things, and then he's able to uh, beat the Kingpin. I love that scene when he like slides under his leg and then kicks his knees yeah, kicks and like, knees rip... yeah. Uh, but he doesn't kill him. You think he's gonna kill him with the cane, but he doesn't kill him because uh, he's not the bad guy, is what he says. He's like, I'm not the bad guy. Um, so then like Electra's maybe alive because she leaves them a necklace and Braille at their spot. Uh, and in Yurik is going to publish a story about how, uh, Matt Murdock is daredevil, but he changes his mind and instead of just like closing it. He like literally you see him hit a backspace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he, then he goes out and he just happens to see daredevil, like at a building top of a building right by where he is. And he's like, go get a Matt. And then. That's the end. Except for there's like an after credit sequence where yeah. we see that Bullseye's still alive, but like in a full body cast. Yep. And, and he that's kills the, the fly of the syringe. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. How, I, I, I read it, that it got cut, but like in the fight with Kingpin, he says, you know, words out, Kingpin, you're the bad guy or whatever, the SWAT team's on the way or whatever it is. Um, like, they make no explanation whatsoever why all of a sudden the world thinks Kingpin's the bad guy. Well, I, and I haven't watched the director's cut in a while and I didn't read back up on it, but I know that a lot of the cut plot with Coolio mm -hmm. has to do with like an actual court case and then like tying stuff into the Kingpin. So I have to imagine that that, that has something to do with, his downfall, Probably, but it just, it just makes no sense with the whole plot cut out of it. Right. No, I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. And you know what? And if I cared more and had more time, I would have watched the director's cut, but that's fair. Uh, I got a bunch of role reversals. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go for it? All right. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Electra. So, uh, there was a ton of people who were considered or turned down the role. Eliza Dushku. Uh, Penelope Cruz, Selma Hayek, Natalie Portman, Lucy Liu, Jessica Elba, Katie Holmes, uh, Jolene Blaylock of uh, Star Trek fame, uh, Nev Campbell, and Monica Bellucci. Wow, that's so many people. Yeah, and you know what? Any of them would have been fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Affleck originally was auditioned for the bullseye role. Yeah, okay. And Colin Farrell originally uh, uh, was for the Daredevil role, and then it just, you know, flip-flopped. Uh, and then for Daredevil, Guy Pierce. I would I, I, I always remember I, I always remember seeing Guy. I would have liked Guy Pierce. Yeah, as, I agree. As, uh, Matt Damon, uh, who read the script and was like, eh, I'm good. 
<laughs> Vin Diesel, who they did not offer the part to. Uh, oh. Ed Norton, and then obviously no. uh, Colin Farrell was the other one. Wow, so many people. Yeah, and then we ended up with these guys with, with Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, jeez. Oh, uh, anything else specifically, or or like, I feel like at this point maybe we should just get into our ratings because I feel like a lot's going to maybe shake out when we talk about our feelings on it. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's rate it. Okay. Okay. What do you want? You want to go first or second? I feel like I have to go first. You you seem like you're holding a lot in, so I'm going to go first and just yeah, get my just going to go ahead and get mine out of the way. Um, yeah, this is this is a bad movie. It it it, it it's bad. It, it's not good. Um, it, 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 there's a lot of things wrong with it. Um, I think primarily one of the things is that it's overstuffed. Like there's too much going on in it that they're trying to fit in. They're like trying to get bullseye in we're trying to get Elector in and we're trying to get the kingpin in and we're trying to get his origin in and it's like there's just too much that they're trying to cover you know where it's like i think uh, superhero movies now are smarter about being able to be like all right well like we're gonna this is the origin story and then we'll do the sequel we're gonna introduce some elements or whatever and they were just trying to do too much but it looks bad um there's not uh, the performances are, are i like michael clark duncan in it i like uh, John Favreau in it. Uh, pretty much everyone else is bad. The the portrayal of Bullseye is just bonkers. Like I don't know where they got this idea of Bullseye from. Um, I, I don't think it's unwatchable. I don't absolutely hate it. I have a weird kind of liking for it, but it's still not good. But I, I'll give it. Um, I'll give it one and a half machine guns. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna give that review and give it one and a half machine guns? I feel like you should be, be higher than that. You're telling people to watch it, and you're only giving it one and a half machine guns. I didn't tell anyone to watch it. I just said that I kind of like it for okay. weird reasons. I didn't say watch it if you haven't seen it. I have a weird fascination with it because, I don't know, I just watched it a lot over the years, but I don't think it's a good movie. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I agree. This is not a good movie. Um, I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, eh, it was fine. And then I bought it on DVD and I watched it. Like I said, I watched it maybe one or two more times. And each time it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> this time it hit an all-time low for me. Um, I don't really like anybody in this movie except for John Favreau, who I'm fairly certain just improvised all of his lines. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan's fine in it. He actually doesn't have a lot to do in this movie. Like he kind of just stands around and broods. It has a couple lines and smokes a cigar menacingly. And that's really yeah. about it. He really doesn't have a whole lot of heavy lifting to do. Um, so I don't know that he gets, I don't know if there's a large enough sample size to say whether he was good or bad, but he was fine from what I could tell. Uh, everyone else sucks. I don't like Jennifer Garner in this movie as Electra. I don't like Jennifer Garner in general. Uh, ben Affleck is a terrible superhero. Like, I don't want him to be a superhero in anything. I hated him as Batman. I hated him as Daredevil. I just want him to go do movies not in the superhero genre. Um, Bullseye was asinine. I don't know why he branded a bullseye in his forehead to advertise the fact that he's bullseye. We get it. You can throw paperclips. I understand. Um, The plot doesn't make any sense because they cut all the stuff out of it that actually would have at some point made it partially make sense, apparently. Uh, it looks awful. 
Like I said before, everything looks like a crappy CGI background, and I'm pretty sure none of it was CGI. Uh, it's a weird color. There's Dutch angles. The one thing I, I will say it has going for it is they did do a good job of incorporating the Daredevil imagery from the comics into individual scenes, but that's really the only time it looks good or halfway decent, and even then it's not that great. Um Guys, this movie sucks. It's too long. It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I hate this movie. I'm going to give it one machine gun simply because of the fact that it's a superhero movie and there's going to be somebody out there who wants to see it, and that's fine. Oh, I hate the music. I forgot about that part. Oh, the soundtrack is bad. It's just... It was followed up by a terrible sequel, Elektra, which I didn't even watch, and... Oh, I forgot about the Electra movie. I own that on DVD. Anyways, go ahead. Wow, why? I don't know. I bought every superhero movie that came out for a certain period of time. So That's fair. Yeah, don't see this movie. Skip it. Skip this movie. Unless you got some weird fascination with it, don't see this movie. It sucks. It's so bad. Well, I think um, this this movie and, and last week's movie, uh, they also suffer from the fact that there's just much better versions of it out. You know, the, the Daredevil series. And the Punisher series on Netflix, yeah. are, they're, they're both so much better and better representations of the characters mm-hmm. and showing it, you know, with like a long form storytelling that you can do so much better with it. So I think that like now retroactively, like it makes this movie even worse seeing that you can do a good version of the character. That is true. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that aspect of it because I don't even I don't even equate the Netflix series with these with these characters like those these two movies like they feel like such a different thing right and such a better thing like even man i would watch the iron fist series 12 <laughs> times in a row before i would watch this movie again wow, i actually I, I actually like the i actually like that series a fair amount um but man like the netflix series for both punisher and daredevil make these two movies look so much worse than i yeah. initially thought they were and i think that's probably why it ages so poorly other than the fact that it's very much of its time you know 2003 it this movie bleeds 2003 <laughs> it really does painfully it's yeah oh, this movie's exacerbating it sucks man i feel like you've gone full sphinx on me with this movie you're just defeated I am like it's really, like when we said we were gonna watch it, I was like, "All right, fine, I'll watch it." And as I'm watching it, I was like, "Oh, now I remember why I hated this movie and why I never <laughs> watched it after that second time I watched it, third time I watched it, and I'm never gonna watch it again ever." Well, that's good. You never had to watch it again. Um, all right, uh, plugs. I would like to start uh, as I always do with plugging Tubi. Uh, this movie is not available on Tubi, but Tubi has a lot of movies, TV shows, and the entire series of The Mass Cartoon, which we talked about last episode, uh, with minimal commercial interruptions. And I also want to say, uh, remind everybody that hashtag I last stand with Jody, in case you forgot, throwing my support behind the fact that we should do X-Men The Last Stand on the podcast. We're still doing that, huh? Well, I mean, in real time, it's only been like less eh, about an hour since last time I brought it up. So yeah, we're still there. <laughs> so what did you forget? <laughs> uh, what do you want to plug? Eh, Discord, like I always do. Go to Discord. Tell me if I'm wrong about this movie. I'm not wrong. Uh, and you know, let me know what you think about 
Let me know what you think about this particular month that we've doing the 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 movies, the Marvel movies before the MCU. I'm curious what the listeners' takes are on these, where these movies rank in their opinions, how they think of them now after you know 20 years later um, or longer in, in a lot of cases. Uh, let us know. Go to Discord. Chat with us. You can actually chat not only with us, but all the podcasts that were on that are or were on the network. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun time. Also, try and guess what the last movie in the month is going to be. We might not have even 100% decided yet. I don't know that we've uh, even 20% decided yet. <laughs> no. But as of this recording, by the time you're listening to it, we'll have decided. But Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. we'll, we'll and- have decided probably in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Less than that. I hope to be sleeping in 20 minutes. We're we're old. It's late, late, guys. It's late. Very true. We're very old. Uh, Anything else? We we good? No, this movie, like, I'm I'm upset that this is the last movie, the last thing we're talking about before I go to sleep. Because now I'm going to have nightmares about how shitty this movie is. Well, hopefully it doesn't wake you up inside. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been thankfully terminated but we'll be back 